weird. Hello. That was weirder. Welcome to the sip list. I am your hostess, Amanda, and this is the podcast where we drink wine or whatever and count down our top five favorites of all the things. And tonight I am joined once again by my lovely friend, Casey, who we all should know and love by now. What's up, dude? Let's be honest. Everybody should be sharing all the love with the Casey because he is that great. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway. If you don't know Casey by now, you're behind. So (laughs) let's be honest. Get freaking caught up, people. Yeah, please. Because this is like what my 12th episode or 12th appearance on the sip list. It's I don't even know. Um, Don't ask me what day it is or what episode this is, but I'm sure that you've been on the majority of my shows. So, anywho. I'm figuring between myself and Miss Jennifer. Yes. We pretty much have like 85 to 90% of your episodes. Yeah, basically. Lockdown. Yep. <coughs> you, you and Jen are, are my top performers. So, there you go. We rise uh, to the occasion. exactly so um we are gonna do a top five tonight in um another part of a series but apparently there's something we need to address first and uh i guess that thing is that maybe we owe some people an apology or maybe we need to clarify some stuff um oh, we we've gotten our good. first hate messages on facebook so <laughs> now just to be clear to everyone this was directed at casey's podcast an evening at the movies and not my podcast the which Simplest. is an amazing podcast and if you're not listening please look us up on facebook and all your traditional social media outlets and you can find us on wherever you choose to listen to your podcasting from. Yes. An evening at the movies. Yes. However, since I was the guest slash co-host on said episode, I guess I have to accept the hate as well. So I thought I would just send a little message to your and or my followers that an evening at the movies is a discussion about movies and the host and or guest co-host are going to give their honest objective opinions about said movie those opinions may not always align with yours and that's okay i'm sorry if we offended anybody kevin but we're going to be objective movie reviewers as much as we can and some if very few movies are a five out of five so sorry kevin we love you but also respect the process and yeah i mean again sorry kevin we didn't mean to upset anybody but i also feel deep in my heart that four out of five is a pretty good rating for a movie so i will choose to stand by my decision as (laughs) unpopular as it may be but you know no offense dude i still got mad respect for you 
we just have to agree to disagree on this one topic. Well, and I also think people have to understand. So by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out the newest episode of An Evening at the Movies. It's Casey and I uh, reviewing The Princess Bride. Director's cut. Director's cut. Yes. (laughs) It's all the stuff. Um, As movie reviewers, we're not just going to talk about the things that make us feel good and the connection we have. We're going to talk about the technical stuff and the ins and outs and the the things that may or may not make a movie great doesn't diminish the love we have for it. I, the princess bride is easily in my, I would say top 20 favorite movies, maybe even better than that, but I would go 15 to 20 probably. Yeah. Yeah. But between 10 and 20, we'll go with that. Yeah. I would say between 10 and 20, but at the same time, you know, every movie has, the good and the bad and we're gonna as objectively as we can try to pick apart those things because you know what else do we have to do (laughs) yeah so bottom line kevin we love you thanks for listening to our shows please don't hate us for our four out of five recommendation on princess bride please know that there were a lot of different uh, observations and and weight that went into that, which you know if you listen to the episode. Um, but please still listen to us and love us and try to uh, give us a break. And thanks for your feedback. Because, hey, yes, not we like we're perfect. We don't fucking know everything. <laughs> well, evidently, according to your trivia knowledge, you do. But we're, we Well, yeah, know. that's different. I. But, uh, as much as I like to voice my opinion about everything because I'm very passionate, I know that I don't know everything. So everybody's entitled to their opinion and we have much love for the princess bride. So there you go. Yeah. Very awesome movie. Yes. If you haven't watched it before, go check it out. If you haven't watched it before, what are you even doing with your life? Exactly. If you haven't watched any of the first nine movies that I've done on my podcast, <laughs> what have you been doing with your life? Because Pretty all, much, yeah. All nine of them are amazing freaking movies. Totally. So, so tonight we are doing our, I believe, our third installment of our movie theme songs series. So... Yes, we, we did 80s and we've done 90s. Yes, so we did one episode about just 80s movies, one about 90s. This episode will be 19... Reverse. Yes, <laughs> we're going to reverse it back, 1979 and back to the beginning. So uh, for those who don't know, we are talking movie theme songs, so not scores. With lyrics. Yes, but actual songs with lyrics that either are the quote-unquote theme song of the movie or a really important song in the movie that we feel still embodies the story. So, yes. um I do have one of those on my list. Yeah. So, and to preface, before we start the list, um, we did exclude two on this one. Um, on the 90s one, we ex- blah, blah, blah. On the, on 90s, the 90s one, we excluded. And... Yeah. There were a few that we decided are so epic, we don't even need to talk about them. 
on yep. this one, we are going to exclude um, Saturday Night Fever because obviously staying alive is the theme song, but at the same time, there's also so many other songs. And if I, if we had not excluded that movie, how deep is your love would be my number one song on this list. So, yeah. Well, and then you got the other side of that equation too. Um, Greece. Right. I mean, I can go through that entire freaking movie and do a top 10 list of movie or songs from that movie that I would consider to fall under the category of themes of said movie. Exactly. So whether it's Greece, whether it's freaking beauty school dropout, whether it's Greece light, you know, right. hopelessly devoted to you. You're the but, one that I want. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, honestly, if I had to pick one song from Greece that might not be considered the theme song, but would be to me the song that embodies the whole movie, it's the ending song. We go together. Like that's yeah. the song to me that wraps up the entire story. That's basically what the whole movie is about is that group of friends growing together. Exactly. So if you've listened to the other episodes, you know that, you know, We've tried to get the, like I said, quote unquote theme song, but at the same time, some movies have multiple themes. So we're just picking a big song from the movie. But that being said, Saturday Night Fever and Grease could have easily either one taken up the entire list. So we're going to acknowledge that they're both epic and we just will talk about the lesser known ones. Well, and you and I have also talked about the idea too of potentially down the road doing like a top five songs from Greece and Saturday Night Fever. Right. And just because like on the other list, we've excluded Disney songs because those deserve their own list as well. So yeah, we talked about the idea of doing a Disney theme song episode too. So yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of musical episodes we coming. Got a lot of musical <laughs> episodes coming. We like us some music up in here, so yeah, we've still we've got the last twenty years of cinema coming up too. Yeah, yeah. So the next one will be nineteen ninety to current, and that one has been particularly difficult for me. Or oh yeah, sorry, two thousand to current. My bad. Um, Are you sure that's going to be the next one? Or is the next one going to be you getting your butt kicked? Me 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 me. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'll we'll talk about that in a bit before uh, the episode is over. Before we'll, it's over, yeah, we'll go over episode's amount of shit talking in for the loyal listeners, the dozens. Yeah, yes, the thirteen of you. I love you so much. You're my peeps. Um, yeah, at the end, we'll talk about some things coming up on the SIP list. There's a few things on the horizon and obviously one that Casey can't wait to lose at. So we'll get there. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to talk about what's coming up on Evening at the Movies too. Don't leave out the great podcast. I will. I will. I love your podcast, but you know, let me have my moment for now. Well, no, it, yeah, we're on your show. So, you know. Yeah, shut your mouth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kiss butt, kiss butt, kiss butt to the sip list. And, you know, an evening at the movies will take this 
whatever scraps it can get at the end. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, hey, I'm following a timeline here, so shh. No. All right. So, Casey, since it's your Friday and it's my Thursday, are you drinking? I promised you who I would be. Okay. I have actually, I know the last few times I've drank on the show, I was drinking my Mama Mango. Mm-hmm. Actually venturing out and trying a different flavor of said franchise and trying Mama Peach. Oh, how's that? It's, considering I'm not really a huge peach fan, it's not, I don't feel it's very overpowering. Because peach is one of those flavors that it can get if you don't get the, yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It can get very strong. Is it like a Bellini type flavor or? Yeah. Okay. I like it. It's good. Uh, A Bellini is one of my favorite drinks. Really? You have a favorite drink? I said one of, but yes. You're an equal opportunity drinker. I am. Well, that's not true, actually, because there's a bunch of stuff I will not drink. But <laughs> a Bellini is on my list of things I love. And does your husband know this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so okay. let's just say that when we tailgate, so we have a very big tailgating presence at University of Oklahoma football games. So we have a lot of people. We have a lot of things. And my husband is a peer pressure drinker person. He wants everybody to drink shots. He wants everybody to have fun. Dude knows not to even come near me with certain things. And he won't even try because he knows I'm going to shut him down. So, yes, he is well trained in the things that Amanda will and will not drink. (laughs) Well, you guys have been together, what, eight years, whatever? No, we've been together for 14 years. We've been married Ooh. almost eight years. <laughs> I had my numbers off. It's okay. I don't expect you to know that, but um, he's also reaped the not benefits of f- trying to force Amanda to drink stuff she doesn't want to drink. So he knows better by now. And good so for him. He, he's had his evenings of sleeping on the couch then. <laughs> he's had his evenings of all kinds of stuff when it comes to me. Poor dude. So, drunk Amanda. Science boys pants. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Fuck that shit. I'm never gonna let that question go. By the way, George, you and Science Boy can go fuck right off. Um, So, drunk Amanda is a a steady climb of amazingness, and then you get to a certain point, and if you piss her off, it's a steady decline into madness. So. It's a fine line to tread when you're George who likes to piss people off. Yeah. I'm a very happy drunk, but when you piss me off, I go very far in the other direction. And poor George, he just can't learn his lesson with that. So he knows he knows what not to give me. That being said, he'll pressure everybody else to drink it. But when I say fuck no, he goes, okay. <laughs> but yet he still hasn't learned the lesson that don't argue with the whole you guys didn't win at friends trivia i won because you got more questions wrong 
sometimes you just got to let the poor little boy have his feelings. I don't know what else to tell you. Little? Have you seen pictures of your husband? Okay, he might be a giant, but his feelings are still little and fragile, just like, you know, a bunch of other um, men. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I mean, I totally understand the, the whole concept because not to beat the princess bride back, but, you know, Andre took a lot of verbal abuse in that movie and yeah, he did that lost puppy dog look on his face. And it's like, Oh yeah. But to be clear, George is not a lost puppy dog. He's very, he's very determined in all of his things. So I don't feel sorry for him. Love you. Mean it. (laughs) All right. So I am drinking a barefoot bubbly rosé sparkling rosé which is really the only rosé i like otherwise i feel like it's just tinted white zinfandel i've actually been on my sparkling wine since tuesday uh when the Derek chauvin verdict came down and i went and met with my friend and i've been i saw the picture you posted of your little glass of wine that you were celebrating with uh yeah champagne or whatever the heck it was i've been drinking champagne since tuesday y'all fuck the police no, not really. Okay, don't get mad at me. I love fuck, the good cops. I appreciate you. Thank police. you for yes. Fuck the bad police. As Mr. Blackwell so lovingly put at the end of his closing statement, this isn't the freaking state of Minnesota versus the police department. This is the state of Minnesota versus a former bad cop. Actually, Steve said that first, well, but. Well, yeah, it was kind of sort of the prosecution's whole theme yes. for the their entire case was. Yeah, we're not after the entire police force of America. We're after the cops that do stupid fucking shit and kill people. Yeah. Why is this a difficult <coughs> concept? Okay, we can't get into this. No, because but... we're going to end up with freaking eight yes. hours of freaking episode for you to edit. And I know how much you love <laughs> edit out long episodes. But to finish it off, Jerry Blackwell for president. I approve this message. (laughs) Jerry Blackwell is the guy that keeps every single receipt since the first time he paid for something. I love this fucking guy. Every time somebody's like, blah, 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 he comes out and he's like, look, I got this textbook that's going to show you why you're wrong. Yeah. He is that guy and I am here for it. Okay. All right, all right. I'll knock this tangent down before it gets into two, yes, two yes, into yes, 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 yes. So, movie themes. So we are going the seventies and back to, to the beginning. Earth. And my list was fairly substantial, not as long as the nineties list, but about as long as the eighties list. Um, but my top five were pretty easy to narrow down. So, based I've got, on, I've got seven move. I've got seven theme songs on my list. My obvious. Oh, that's top it. Five. Oh, I nipped it in the bud at seven because I knew if I didn't, I was going to end up with. Yeah. Well, my problem is I don't it, think it, of stuff necessarily in order, so. You know, something will pop into my head immediately and then I'll start thinking of other stuff or I'll start researching. But 
12 songs later, I may be like, oh my God, I forgot about this one and it's one of my favorites. So I'm sure there's probably going to be a couple on your list that I probably don't have that it's going to be like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So I think I know you're number one, but you've told me that I'm probably wrong, but I am certain. I said, maybe you're wrong. Maybe. I'm still currently my number one and my number two. I'm literally still in my head going back and forth over as to which one's going to get number one and which one's going to get number two. Nice. My number one is set in stone, but the other ones are kind of mix and match. But for sure, if it's not your number one, I know it's on your list. I am going to say that we will have two in common. What do you think? Um... I think two is a very, very safe bet because I know what is competing with the song that you think that you think you know that I think you know that, yeah. <laughs> they don't know that we know they know we know. Yes, exactly. I, I so what, so what you're saying is the song I think is your number one is not your number one, so. Oh, no, it, like I, one and two right now are literally in the same spot. I just, I'm figuring out which one's going to slide down into the two spot. Okay. All right. Well, then let's get this shit started. Let's do the damn thing. What's your number five? My number five is from the 1969 movie, Easy Rider, mm. Born to be Wild. Yes, that's a good one. It's kind of an easy choice too. I mean, yeah, and it's a great song for sure. Yeah, and I, for that movie and that story, let's be honest, people, that's the perfect freaking song for that movie. Oh yeah, totally. So yeah. So uh, easy rider. What's that about? I mean, I know, but just tell the listeners. Well. Geez. I didn't prep that kind of freaking. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Born to be wild. Okay. Um, Yeah. Great song. I actually, I haven't really seen easy rider since I was a kid, but obviously I think most people know the song. Yeah. And that's probably where I was going with my, I wasn't prepped for that part was sorry. My bad. Oh no, (laughs) you're cool. Cause we hadn't even talked about whether or not we were going to, describe said movies but um yeah i think the last time i saw it i was like 12 or 13 yeah nice give an old fat man a a break (laughs) with my freaking old timers starting to set in sorry fun of you know alzheimer's and all that i just with being a smart ass yeah don't make fun of that because i'm gonna have it someday and you're gonna have to talk to me so want want uh, jokes on you it's gonna be a funny conversation then because <laughs> dementia runs rampant in my family so yeah mine too our podcasting in our 60s and 70s is gonna be a lot like 51st dates <laughs> oh, i love that bb okay all right. Well, that was a yeah, good choice. Your list on an evening at the movies as well. 
Yeah, I, I love that movie. All right, so then I will go to my number five, and it is the theme song from the 1973 James Bond movie of the same name, Live and Let Die, by Paul McCartney and the Who. Mm, how did I... Fr- <laughs> I didn't even so, think... All the freaking James Bond movies, literally from <laughs> Dr. No all the way up through till... Oh, God, I think Roger Moore started in the early 80s or late 70s. Yeah. There's a lot of freaking Bond movies, and none of those freaking movies popped into my head when I was making my list. And I think most people are more familiar with the Guns N' Roses remake of this song, but the original is actually really, really good, too. I mean... Well, I I honestly prefer... Paul McCartney's version over Guns N' Roses. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to put Guns N' Roses down by any yeah. because I had totally forgotten about Live and Let Die until Use Your Illusion just now. Two. Oh, oh no. yeah, <laughs> just now my butt. But yeah, <laughs> when Use Your Illusion one and two came out, and I was going through and listening to both CDs, it's like, oh. I totally forgot about that, but yeah. Right. It's a good version of the song. I, I like just, both. I mean, I think yeah. I like both equally, but I think I think I really like this one because, you know, it's a Bond theme, which always is helpful. And and you well, definitely... I mean, in the original classic Bond themes, too. Right. And in, and in the Bond theme song, this original one, you get more of the Bond music, whereas the Guns N' Roses remake is more of a rock remake. Yeah. Um, but also, you don't really expect Paul McCartney to do a song like that, you know? No. Well, this and is post-Beatles, and it's with The Who, so it's kind of like, very, you know... Very, yeah, very, very shortly post-Beatles. Yeah. It's probably one of his first big major hits after Yoko broke the band up. <laughs> Sorry, not bitter. Yoko Ono, bite me. So speaking of Use Your Illusion, um, my friend Chris and I are talking, well, we've already actually talked. We just haven't set a date, but doing our top five 90s rock albums and We've discussed that mine's going to be more grunge-based and his probably won't be, but Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 is probably like the main one on my list that's not grunge because epic albums. So much love to Guns N' Roses. The amount of freaking great music that came off of those two CDs. I mean, fucking November Rain, like just one of the greatest songs of all time. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember, oh God, back in the 90s, for like a three-year period, like every year at the start of the year, MTV or VH1 or one of the music channels that actually played music, mm-hmm. not reality shows, but that's a different soapbox. Mm-hmm. But they'd always do at the start of the year, the 100 greatest songs in music or the 100 Greatest Videos, or whatever it was. And November Rain had a probably three- or four-year run where I believe it was the video, or it was 
the song that unseated Thriller as the yeah. greatest video of all time. Yeah, the video is epic, and the song, I mean, it just, oh my god. But Obviously, we're more... We're more partial to it because it's from our teenage years, but still, True. November Rain is an incredible song. The but music, the guitar on, is just spectacular. Oh, slashes, slashes, slash, yeah. slash is one of the, the top three greatest guitar players of all time, in my opinion. Ooh, would the other two be uh, Prince and uh, Kravitz, or no? Kravitz is four. Okay, uh, Santana. Oh crap! I totally freaking forgot about Santana. Oh, okay, but Prince is in there, right? Yes, Prince is number two. All right, who's the other one? Um, Everett Washington's own Jimi Hendrix. <gasps> okay, no, I scrap mine. Jimi Hendrix is better. Yeah, I'm with you. Jimi, I, Hen- I would Jimi give Hendrix that top three launched- my approval. Jimi Hendrix launched that whole era of that style of guitar playing. Very true. All right. But yeah, but no, before we move on from the hundred greatest videos of all time, I just want to pay homage to the video that knocked November rain off of their couple of year run at number one. What? Hey, you love this freaking band too. So I don't want to hear it. Okay. Aberdeen, Washington's own. Ah. Smells like Teen Spirit by the great band Nirvana. Yes. Good one. Good one. All right. Your number. No, your number four. four. So my number four, again, way before my time, like 10 years before my time, (laughs) from the 1967 classic movie, The Graduate. Mm. is mrs robinson yep made my long list did not make my top five but yes amazing song yeah and i probably the first time i had ever actually heard this song because i don't think i watched this movie until probably my mid-20s so the first time i ever heard this song was like and I don't even remember the scene of the movie, but it was in Forrest Gump. Yeah. No, I had heard the song way before I had seen the movie. Well, I'd probably heard it before, but it never registered in my head until I had seen Forrest Gump. Coo-coo-ca-choo, Mrs. Robinson. Exactly. And just the whole, you know, upbeat, fast tempo pluckiness of Mm -hmm. that song it's so folksy that you don't realize what he's talking about (laughs) yeah no i mean that's literally paul simon and he's very ironic (laughs) yeah exactly and there's also the remake by the lemonheads which is also amazing it's a 90s remake well i've heard a couple of different remakes of it but yeah Okay, I love, I love this song. It's on my Spotify playlist. It's a good one, and The Graduate's a really good movie. Such a such a young Dustin Hoffman. He's so innocent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. (laughs) 
I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, he's almost unrecognizable as how young he is compared to how I remember seeing him the first time I ever saw him. Not what was gonna, that? Well, let, well, I mean, let's be honest here. The first time I believe I saw Dustin Hoffman was either... No, I think I saw him in Tootsie first. Oh, that was like right after The Graduate, but he was also dressed as a woman. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was going to make that point too. <laughs> but I think the other one that literally was right about the same time that I saw Tootsie that I remember him from was Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, yeah. That movie broke my heart. Yeah, it's one of my mom's favorite movies of all time. Mine too. My mom's too, yeah. Um, I think the first movie I remember seeing him in was Rain Man, but then I remember going back and Again, seeing epic movie. Yeah. God, Rain Man, don't get me started on how good that movie is. Yay, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, he so they were both amazing, but Dustin Hoffman killed that character, like just like ripped my heart out. Oh god, you would honestly believe Ray. watching oh. that movie that Dustin Hoffman was autistic. Yeah, yeah. I'm an excellent driver. <laughs> I love that. Um, so yeah, I think that was the first, the first movie I remember seeing him in, but then I I remember watching Kramer versus Kramer growing up. And then I think I went back later and watched the graduate. So, yeah. All right. Another awesome movie. Your number four. Very good choice. Very good choice. My number four is from the 1942 film holiday Inn. And it is White Christmas. And um, yeah, I even thought about that one. Yeah, wasn't I? I remember thinking that one, but Irving Berlin. I'm not putting together a hundred item long list and trying to have to go through and narrow all that down to five. For real. So yes, epic song, amazing song. Obviously, it's amazing. It transcends time and how many different people have recorded it exactly you know we still everybody freaking sings it every year over the holidays and even now the original irving berlin version is still probably the most popular you know it's or if not it's a very popular one i mean there's very many versions of it um holiday inn is also just a so I am a sucker for old movies. And when I say old, I mean pre like 1969 and prior. So I realize to some people, old movies are like nineties movies, but for me, you know, the forties, the fifties, the sixties, like those movies are, you know, I just, okay, so I love them. I, in our defense, can I just say to those people who think that nineties movies are old, <laughs> Um, I'm not trying to piss off any of the dozens, but you all can go kiss my ass. 90s <laughs> movies are not freaking old. Exactly. Old movies have no freaking color in them. Thank exactly. you Exactly. All right. Well, Holiday Inn was in color, just saying, but still. Well, no, but... I'm... Or it was done in color later, but I think... I don't know when you go back. So a lot of the movies on my list, when I went way, way back are like 
White Christmas, where it's like they're musicals. So you have Meet Me in St. Louis, and you have Holiday Inn, and you have Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Like, yeah, all of these older movies that I really love that are quote unquote musicals. Some of them are, and some of them aren't. Like South Pacific, there's so many songs from that movie that could make my list. And it's also a Broadway show. So I think yeah. I think in the late 60s and the 70s is when we really turned from the musical part of movies to just regular movies that had good theme songs. Well, so there's a, uh, there's a big barrier there, I think. I think once you start getting into the 70s, I think you're getting more into the... I don't even know what the right word be, would be to describe the evolution, but it's more cinematic. Right. Like the musical thing just kind of went away. Kind of a theatery feel to it. Right. Which is fine. I get, I freaking love that part of classic movies, but yeah, you, the seventies, you're starting to get into eventually down the road, star Wars and right. The more, Special effects are becoming more. Your Hollywood's trying to give you more bang for your buck, right? Like a lot of the songs that made my longer list were pre nineteen seventy musical comedy types, like Holiday Inn, so mm-hmm. or you know Summer Stock or Meet Me in St. Louis or you know like those kind of movies. So, but White Christmas is just it's one of the most epic songs ever. Like you just can't, you know, cr- go Christmas songs. It's easily in a top five of oh, no God. matter what version it's I don't a top five Christmas song. If that song is not in your top five list of Christmas songs of all time. You are not American. You can get the hell out of my country. Exactly. So yeah. Anywho. <laughs> uh so what's your number three my number three is from the and i did not realize this movie was this old until i was doing my list Mm. but this movie came out in 1971 okay and it is from an amazing piece of my childhood history cinematic experience it is pure imagination from the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> nice. I did not even think of that. Yeah, I, no, I'm not going to lie. I hadn't even thought about it until because when I put together my list, I was literally going through, you know, greatest movie theme songs of the 70s, greatest movie theme songs of the 60s, because a lot of these I wanted to make sure that I considered all of the greats and whether or not I was going to put them in my top five. Right. And then I started off with the seventies and literally the last freaking song on the greatest theme movie themes of the seventies was pure imagination. I'm like, dude, I totally, I, I knew Willy Wonka was from around that period. I did, like I said, I didn't, think right all the way back in 1971 i was thinking late 70s or early 80s but Mm, no that sounds about right i thought it was earlier well 
great minds can differ, so <laughs> you don't have to get out of my head on this. So, so honestly, I haven't seen that movie in so long. So, like, what part of the movie is that in, or like, what is the song oh, it's about? Uh, it's through, well. Uh, <clears throat> That movie creeps me out, honestly, so I haven't seen it in a really long time. <laughs> Willy Wonka creeps you out or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory creeps you out? Both. I think the Oompa Loompas creep me out. I don't like it. I get that. <laughs> Gene Wilder is kind of incredibly bipolar in that movie. Uh, okay, not Gene Wilder. I fucking adore gene wilder and everything oh, yeah. he has ever done but oh, yes but young yeah, frankenstein I'm... and haunted honeymoon blazing saddles and willy wonka like i just i adore him oh yeah i mean literally we could do an evening at the movie tribute episode to gene wilder and i would be on board I for think that we could all night long well we might have to <laughs> slide into each other's dms and i was gonna say i could talk about young frankenstein just by itself for a while and blazing saddles and haunted honeymoon (laughs) well yeah i mean a lot of his movies are again like we were discussing last night or this morning i think it was this morning where well no it was it started last night because you were trying to make me smile and laugh and you did a good (laughs) job at it thanks we continued the discussion this morning about how both of us have, you know, vernacular that, you know, we could almost probably carry on an in-depth conversation with just quoting movie lines. Yeah. Yeah. We have so many movie lines in our vocabulary that, you know, whatever, but yeah. Gene Wilder movies, just, you know, Young Frankenstein, how many freaking yeah. lines from that movie? Frankenstein. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. The one Willy I always Wonka, say to, thing. the one I always say to my daughter, <laughs> it was Abby something. Abby. Abby normal. <laughs> Abnormal. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. Have you seen Haunted Honeymoon? Yes, I have. I love that movie. Okay, so not many people have seen that. So, oh my God, I love you for having watched this movie because it's one of my all-time favorites and most people don't even know about it. Yeah, no, I mean, literally, I'm not going to try and Google any of that stats and whatnot. But I, I seriously would not mind doing an episode of an evening at the movies on Haunted Honeymoon. I totally would. Gene Wilder, Gilda Radner, Dom DeLuise, like, and the whole premise. If Freaking magic. Friends, if you have not seen Haunted Honeymoon, it's an old, obscure classic, but I promise you will love it. Yes. We uh, both give it a high endorsement. I gonna, might even uh, say five out of five, Kevin. I was gonna not do that joke, but yes, maybe was, not. I'd have to watch it again, but you know, whatever. Okay, we can discuss that once we yes. decide to schedule that said episode. So, anyway, Willy Wonka, good song. <laughs> but to answer your question, 
basically the main part of the movie that you're going to get that from would be the ending of the movie where uh, Grandpa Joe and Charlie and Mr. Willie get into the depending upon whether you're going from movie lore or book lore, the Great Glass Elevator or the Great Wonkavator <laughs> and take off through the ceiling of the yeah, Chocolate Factory and you get a lot of the instrumental version of it throughout the movie but yeah it's the whole concept of come with me and you'll see a world of pure imagination and it leads to the whole um concept of like the entire chocolate factory being a child's you know dreamland with like the chocolate room being everything in the chocolate room being edible and mm-hmm. you know it speaks to childhood innocence we'll put yeah it that for way. sure so good one now that good i answered one. your question okay so my number three is the one that i originally thought would be your number one but now i'm not so sure because you've been kind of throwing me off so Maybe I'm doing that intentionally to keep you on your toes. All right. So we're going to see. Do we, uh, so we want to hold off on this one then until we get to my next one. Because once I say what getting penciled into the number two slot, we'll know what Okay. you and I are thinking. All right, fine. What's your number two? My number two is one of the two that I think you and I might have in common because I know it's from one of your all-time favorite movies. The 1978 horror movie classic, Halloween, and the song is Mr. Sandman. Okay. Uh, Casey? Yes? I'm afraid we can't be friends anymore. Why? Mr. Sandman is from the 1981 film Halloween 2. Was it? Or maybe 1980. I could be wrong. It could be 80. I could have sworn. Either way, it's from Halloween 2. And I have questions. First of all, how dare you? Well, for one, I seriously freaking i could have sworn it was in freaking part one at least nope my bad not even a little bit fucked my list up then (laughs) 1981 i was correct o m aka g so basically (laughs) then if that had been from the 70s it should have been my number one uh what so had Halloween 2 came out in the 70s, then that should have been my number one. Um, Actually, oh, well, I don't know, because if it had been, I would have included it on my list. But since it's from 1981 and not... And actually, Mr. Salmon is like a 50s song, but still, I'm with you. 
Are you sure you're not talking about Don't Fear the Reaper? No, because that, I don't think Don't Fear the Reaper wasn't in the original Halloween. Yes, it was. Don't Fear the Reaper is in the original Halloween. Mr. Sandman is the opening to Halloween 2. See, I remember Don't Fear the Reaper being in Rob Zombie's version. It was. It was also in the original when uh, Lori and Annie are driving in the car, talking and smoking pot. And get caught by her dad. Yep. It's also in the infamous SNL skit with uh, Will Ferrell and Christopher Walken. Cowbell. Cowbell. (laughs) All right. So do you need to replace your number two with something else? Um, Or your number three with something else? I think for the purpose of said list, we're going to move my entire three, four, and five up one spot. Okay. And Willy Wonka will take number two. Okay. And Mrs. Robinson will take number three. And Born to be Wild will take number four. And then one of my two honorable mentions, thank God I had two honorable mentions, (laughs) will be the theme song from the movie Singing in the Rain. From the movie of the same name. I'm singing in the rain. Oh, God. Don't let me sing. Haven't we had this conversation? Damn it. Yeah, well. Casey, stop Amanda from singing at all costs, especially when she's wine drunk because she will sing. And, oh, God, it's awful. Um, can't be any more awful than freaking what Casey sounds like when he sings. All right, so let's talk about Gene Kelly and singing in the rain. You go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tend to always forget about this when I think about classics, but it always gets brought back into my attention when um, ever I'm on YouTube and I'm scrolling through my suggested videos at underneath the video that's playing and occasionally from time to time uh the i think it was tom holland lip sync battle where he lip sync to umbrella oh yeah (laughs) it started out with singing in the rain such a good one yes i love the song and for a long time i had never seen this is another one like the graduate where i didn't see for quite a while because obviously it is what it is but my aunt is a huge classic you know black and white movie fan me too and she's probably the reason why i have the passion for this style of movie because She's the one that eventually would make me sit down and watch, you know, Singing in the Rain, Guys and Dolls, and, you know, movies of that nature. Obviously, it wasn't much of an arm twist for the one that I'm assuming is your number three and my number one now. Oh, okay. So. But now we have music. Musical interlude. 
not love that voice? Right? Well, it's, it's just it's, so joyous. Well, it's been done and imitated and paid homage to in so many different ways throughout the years. Singing in the rain, what a glorious feeling. Okay, sorry. Such a beautiful song. And totally made my long list and almost made my top five. So I'm with you on that. All right. Well, since I, I'm pretty sure I know your number one, we're going to go uh, back in time for a second to my number three, which I assume is your number one. You don't have to tell me. We can wait. But. Well, let's be honest. Well. If um, it's not this, I'm going to be really disappointed, honestly. Well, okay. Let me preface this with a clue. Okay. Um, The city of Seattle has a nickname. Okay. I got it, and we'll skip it, and we'll both talk about it. So do we want I got to get number yes. one and then we'll come back and combine your three and my one? Correct. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So we're going to move to my number two then. Or whatever spot you're at on the list. Yes. Because Singing in the Rain would have been your number two. Correct? Yes. Okay. My number two is a song that makes my heart literally just clench and I cry and it's just oh dear gosh and it is the 1979 uh, song by Bette Midler The Rose from the movie of the same name and I just I mean if that song doesn't at least tug at your heart, I think you have no soul. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, that song would definitely have been on my long list. And my refusal to put it in my top five very well could be the fact that while I was preparing this episode, I was also preparing um, the Eddie Scissors episode with Jen. So you're uh, already all up in your feelings. <laughs> yes. And I couldn't take any more feels because well, we'll get to the feels that come from right my emotional connection to this list here in a minute, but yes. So yes, The Rose is an amazing song and if it doesn't at least a little bit get up in your feels whenever you hear it, you have no soul. Uh, agreed. Bette Midler is just her voice and her passion and everything are just amazing. And then The Rose is just a great movie. I mean, it's just this, you know, rock star singer and her life and her tragedies and all these things. And, you know, when she sings the song, The Rose, I just, oh. Okay, I can't even think about it without choking up. Yeah, so, no, that's yeah. the sign of a good theme song, too, is if after all these years, it can still elicit that kind of an emotion from you. Yes, then- this this one very, very closely tied with my number one. 
and it was like the hardest choice to decide between the two but yeah i yeah anyway okay well, <clears throat> even like i had one that i was debating on whether or not to put it on my list it's it would be on my definitely on my long list but you know going back to discussing some of my favorite movies of all time my number three favorite movie of all time is the green mile and i don't necessarily consider this a theme song per se but you have like the scene from the end of the movie where they're watching the movie before you know it's time for michael clark duncan to walk the mile and Mm -hmm. freaking i still to this day cannot hear cheek to cheek without you know yeah it brings tears to your eyes because and it's such a good song but then now you have to associate it with that yeah yeah well yeah yeah, because it's literally you know john coffee wants to watch or see a movie before he leaves the earth and that's the movie that they can trump up for him and you watch him sitting there looking at the screen you know eyes big mouth and like oh my god this is amazing and beautiful and all that and then the part that you're literally watching is the whole cheek to cheek dance scene mm-hmm. and yeah oh, so, god, my heart and still brings tears to my eyes i've had people post that video on their facebook news feeds and it'll pop up on mine and as soon as i start scrolling and then all of a sudden and it's like i have to take a break because i have to move my finger back down to scroll and it'll start playing it's like oh damn it you hear you know as soon as you hear the first line of heaven i'm in heaven it's like oh Mm -hmm. god here we go again so yes Uh, okay okay speaking of my heart (laughs) go ahead with your number one slash my number three Okay, so my number one slash your number three is from the ancient ass freaking ultimate classic movie from 1939. Mm-hmm. Are we so far still on the same page? Yep. Um, starring Judy Garland. And the song would be Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay, so so I was correct. I knew that had to be your number one. I knew it. Yeah, I mean, and and it, you know, honestly, it was close to mine, but I just ultimately the rose and my number one ranked a little higher. But I mean, one of the most epic songs of all time, honestly. Yeah, and you know, just a little bit of my cinematic history is 
that movie is probably the first full-length feature that I ever watched as a kid. Nice. I remember, and you may even remember, I'm pretty sure it probably was this way in Oklahoma too, but or wherever you were growing up at the time, but um, that movie was like a once-in-a-year once event. Yes. Where, you know, you know, whatever time it, the network decided to air it, it was like, bam. And then you get like. Which was big, usually Thanksgiving or Christmas, which I thought was weird, but. Yeah. I think there was occasionally, there was once or twice uh, summer airing or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you'd get the big ad in the TV, Wizard of Oz, blank. And then you'd get the fine print with the date and the time and all of that. And it was like, Always, always, always on like a Friday night or a Saturday night mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, kids aren't going to stay up. You know, that was back in the era of kids had bedtimes and kids went to bed at, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. And when yeah. a movie starts at eight o'clock, they're not going to, you know, unless it's a weekend, get to stay up and watch the entire movie. Granted, it's not like it's a Gone with the Wind nine hour masterpiece but (laughs) you know but yeah that but yeah that song is so it's just it embodies like this whole idea of you know especially in the you know 30s 40s but even now growing up in a certain place and wanting to spread your wings and wanting to get out go do something else yeah and you get out and see the world, but then as cheesy as it's going to freaking sound, and I know it is probably one of the cheesiest lines in the history, (laughs) but there's no place like home. No freaking place like home. But also with the song, you know, Mm -hmm. birds fly over the rainbow, why can't I? I mean, it's it's empowering it's inspiring you know and not to mention judy garland just her life was so tragic and it makes me sad Uh you know and not just her but all of the actors from that time they churned those movies out like like a sweatshop you know and yeah, no, I, re- I didn't even realize until probably 10 years ago exactly how bad it was. Right. I mean, but I think for like a 10 year period in her career, she turned out like 30 or 35 movies or something like that. Right. And they all did. It was just like work, like, work, work, and, you know, drugs and whatever you had to do to keep yourself because what else were you going to do especially when you're young and vibrant and you know a commodity they got to get as much out of music as they can but at the same time judy garland was just i to, to me i just my heart breaks every time i think about her because she was so talented and so amazing and her life was so tragic yeah and she was an amazing actress she had an amazing singing voice yeah to go back i mean 
have Word. yourself a merry little Christmas. We still sing that song to this day. Yeah. And her version, in my opinion, is still the best. Yeah. No, I would totally freaking agree with you. And you, know, you have... Um, I mean, Meet Me in St. Louis is just an amazing movie with that song. And mm. you have Get Happy from Summerstock. And you have like all these... There's so many songs that are associated with her. And obviously, Wizard of Oz is her most popular thing. But it's just, you know, ugh. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I get, my heart just starts to hurt every time I think about her because, you know, she's so talented and beautiful and everything. And literally, she was thrown around the studio like a piece of meat. Yeah. And treated like crap. And they all were. Like, I would encourage anybody to go back and just research, like, the 1930s even to like the mid to late 60s in Hollywood like especially if you were a Judy Garland or a Marilyn Monroe or a Ava Gardner or even a Frank Sinatra or anybody even Elvis it was just you know like okay my long list had um, can't help falling in love from Blue Hawaii but also Elvis made a ton of those movies. Like all the studios were just like a very short period of time, too. Yeah, churn, churn, churn. That we're gonna do everything we can and squeeze everything out of you. And see, I would almost like to go back and find out when the Screen Actors Guild was filmed or formed. Yeah, because I would like to honestly, legitimately believe that. If there was something like that back in the 30s when Judy Garland was at the height of her popularity. Right. Or starting to make her ascend to, you know, the queen of Hollywood. I don't think actors would have been treated the way that they were. Oh, no. No way. Especially child actors. Yeah. Child actors were treated like shit until at least, I mean, the 90s maybe is when people started paying attention. But yeah, prior to that, it was just. I think whatever. it was probably the mid 90s for when child labor in Hollywood started becoming an issue. Right. And how even if your parents or your management, they still have no right to. Yeah, like they don't have free reign yeah. your money. <laughs> yeah, like they did for like Gary Coleman's parents when they literally took all of his different strokes money and, you know, the man was working as a, as a security guard at the end of his life. Right. I mean, that's just awful. Yeah. But yes, uh, great movie, great song. I... I'm so proud of myself that I knew that was going to be your number one. Um, I don't think we've ever actually talked about before. I have heard how much you love The Wizard of Oz. I, I, I didn't remember if that subject had ever come up before. I know we've talked about a whole lot of stuff throughout the what year-ish that we've been. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's come up on the podcast, but it's certainly come up between our conversations. So, 
All right. Well, so let's move, let's move on to my number one. And it is from a 1979 film. And I'm going to blah, blah. I'm going to start the song. And you tell me when you know it or if you know it, because now I'm concerned that maybe you don't even know the song because it should have made your list. But yeah, okay. Here we go. what song I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't believe I totally spaced that movie off. It is I, the I 19... <laughs> yeah, you should, really, honestly, because, I mean, are, are you even human? Um, I am human. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, if you've lived under a rock your entire life, or you might be too young to know it, I'll give you that. It is from the 1979 Muppet movie and is the Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. And uh, just, it it just, yeah, my heart. That's all I can say about it. Hold on, let's see. There it is. So, yes, um, obviously the Muppets are kind of an older, you know, thing, but we're also talking about older stuff. So I just, you know, Kermit on that log singing the song and just, it, yeah, all the feels, love yes. the movie, love the song. Well, but yeah, no, and again, yeah, I, I totally did not even... I mean, if you want to be technical, I could argue the fact that uh, Disney currently owns the rights to Muppet Baby, so that was technically a Disney song. <laughs> but I won't even do that. because Muppet Babies came out in the 80s. The Muppets came out before that. And this movie is from 1979. So I know, like I said, I was just being... And I love the Muppet Babies, by the way. It was my favorite show. Anyway, Jim Henson is a freaking genius. Miss Piggy is my spirit animal, and therefore Kermit the Frog is my love of my life. And him with his banjo on that log, singing the Rainbow Connection, and just... I mean, not to get like super philosophical, but it's just, it's such a, 
it's a song about bringing people together and i think it's really special yeah well and it fits in today's climate it fits in every climate like, oh yeah it always will can we just all love each other and there's something about the simplicity and the innocence of children and children's characters that they just you know i mean i i don't know just it's such a good song (laughs) sorry i'm like i'm getting all up in my feels now because it's so good (laughs) no it really is i love it and i'm ashamed to say that it didn't even pop into my head well you know that's okay um the other song that almost tied with it because it's along the same lines is when you wish upon a star from pinocchio what that's a Disney movie, so I didn't include it. <laughs> we will get to Disney movies eventually. Yes. Um, I think, you know, Kermit is very dreamy and wistful and, you know, like I said, innocent. And uh-huh. just, it gives you that whole feeling, not unlike The Wizard of Oz or Singing in the Rain or you know all of those feelings and it just makes you feel like you want to be a better person so that's why it's my number one well yes too and you also have to consider the fact too that not muppet babies per se because that was a little bit older into our childhood but the muppets as a whole were very much a significant part of our youthfulness and oh and yeah Muppet TV the Muppet show freaking and set. the Muppet Babies yeah I mean well nothing against Muppet Babies at all because I remember watching Muppet Babies and I loved Muppet Babies oh I loved I it so much love the fact that it's been brought back and the fact that my youngest nephew is what? A, oh yeah Shut up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, your childlike references are, you know, your teenage daughter. I'm pretty sure she's probably not a Muppet Baby fan at her. Well, I'm pretty sure I should know if Muppet Babies came back because I loved that show. But either way, yes. You have Disney Plus? I do. Go look it up. I will watch it. I don't think it's very, I don't think there's very many seasons of it, but yeah. My youngest nephew Nash loves it, and the second he hears the redone, remade theme song, I don't care where mm-hmm. he's at in the house, he will come chugging his little freaking three year old legs. Nice, running through the kitchen, running through the living room, wherever he's got to be at, and bam, come sliding to a stop right in front of the TV, and he's like, "Oh, what was the there. original?" Now I got to look at the original song. It was like. See, that's what's my number one. It just makes me want to cry. It's so good. And also because I'm a big kid. So there you go. Uh, are to a certain extent. So. Yeah. So did you have a another honorable mention or? I do have a second honorable mention. And 
it was from the movie Butch De- Butch Cassidy and the oh. Sunday Kid. Raindrops keep falling on mm-hmm. my head. That is a good one. Didn't make my list, but good one. Yeah, I mean, it just it's a very carefree song. Mm-hmm. And it's just even if you're just listening to it on the radio or on your Spotify or a CD or whatever, you know, it, you know, can, it's pluckiness can kind of get you wrapped up in the whole just bopping along and singing along and Mm -hmm. you get to, you know, forgetting your cares and your troubles and, and not to even lie that, you know, I mean, the movie is an awesome movie too. So yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Good your, one. Your honorable mention? My honorable mention is um, from the 1961 film Breakfast at Tiffany's, and it is Moon River. I love that song. Same. Love, love, love that yes. my mom's... One of the hundreds of thousands of aunts that my mom had, because my grandmother had a big family yeah there was like 10 kids in the house but yeah one of my mom's aunts would always go around singing that song (laughs) and it's like it very quickly gets ingrained into your Mm -hmm. memory banks and you know the fact that you know she's gone now and you know it brings back the feels and the you know reminiscing of times visiting her at her house and you know her cooking in the kitchen and singing while cooking and things of that nature and yes amazing amazing song yeah I love that song so much and I love Breakfast at Tiffany's and it's a great movie and um it also holds a special place in my heart from an episode of Sex in the City. So I think both of those together just make me love that song so much. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's such a beautiful song. And it just, yeah, tugs at your heartstrings and yeah, great song. So, yeah. all right. So yeah, one in common and I knew you're number one. So whoop, whoop. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, I freaking totally thought Mr. Sandman was in, even if only for a brief moment, the original Halloween. That's why (laughs) I was fighting back and forth as to which one I wanted to be number one and which one was going to be number two because I love Halloween. Yep. Wizard of Oz. Same, same. Well, of course, it's same, same. We right. freaking brain, <laughs> right? Me and Higgins. Did you have a time warp on your long list? I do. For okay, yeah, me too. That's pretty much a given. I mean, well, Rocky you would horror. think so. Well, you you would think so, but yeah, Rocky Horror is not everybody's cup of tea. Right, Aquarius from Hair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because that is my sign. 
Oh, nice. There you go. Barely, but it is technically my sign. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally at the end of the spectrum on being an Aquarius. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, those were some good lists. And I'm I'm proud of myself for knowing you're number one, but I'm not that proud because it was honestly a given. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I- so, okay. So we got this one out of the way. So now we just have to do uh, 2000 to current. Yes. And not 1990 to current. Yeah. Shut up. I already said something. Jeez. Don't maybe call you Kevin. <laughs> oh. Love you, Kevin. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll have that coming up soon. <coughs> Our next thing is gonna be on an evening at the movies. We will be covering space balls for all you uh Mel Brooks fans and space balls. Uh, I just Mel Brooks yeah. and Star Wars fans can't can't say enough about Spaceballs. So, no. but we'll say plenty. So just stay tuned. Um, and then we will have another special episode of the Sip List, not a list and not a trivia, but an actual debate. Casey and I are going to go head to head in an interesting challenge about who is the better friend, Casey. No, not not real life friends, fictional oh. friends. Um, we will face off in a battle of Barney Stinson versus Joey Tribbiani. Casey and I each have one of the characters. I won't tell you who has who, and we will each make out. we will each make our case, and we will put it to the votes of our. Facebook communities to see who is the winner. So there you go. You are to vote. You are to vote based on who makes their points better, not which person you like better, me or Casey, or which character you like better, Barney or Joey. You are to make your pick based on the points that are made in the debate and who presented the better case. Me. Anywho, Casey. <laughs> because so that, if I lose three in a row, I might just, yeah. What? What no. will you do? Never come on my show again? Well, no, that's not good. You know that's exactly. Not- Are you never going to have me on your show again? You know that's not going to happen either. I hate exactly. That. So I am not intimidated by your futile threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and pout and get my way. You're still going to love me no matter what. Yes. I Um, will. I just might. You might get a few episodes afterwards where I might be bitter if you. That's fine. When When I prove my case is better than yours, you can have your pity party. Okay, let's just remind people that. Casey has minimal to zero debate experience, and I'm going head to head with a state champion <sighs> debater. 
So basically, I can't fucking win this because that's all you're going to talk about. No, I'm kidding. I was in high school like 37 years ago. It was like 24 years ago, but 27? I don't know. It was long. It was 1997. You guys do the math. I don't care. 24. Anywho, the point is it will be a fun episode. We both have love for each of these characters. Oh, yes. And regardless of who drew which character, we will support them to our highest regard, and you guys will decide who convinced you the most about their person. And that's that. Like Amanda said, please ignore my shameful plea of looking for sympathy. If I prove my case better, vote for me. If she proves her case better, vote for her. I Exactly. I don't want to win on sympathy alone. <laughs> I want to win legitimately. And you I just want to win. <laughs> I've, you know what? At this point, I, <laughs> I would almost take a freaking sympathy win just because of the fact that it's been with two challenges in a row now. Look, They've been close challenges. We are yeah, both formidable ones. opponents. It's okay. The first challenge, I got my ass handed to me. I mean, that's I mean, debatable. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did come Let's down debate to tie- it. <laughs> it did come down to tiebreakers, but that was due in large part to a lot of assistance from... Hey. We're just here to have fun, okay? It's all right. And eventually, if I do lose this one, I will come up with something for round four. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give up until I freaking win. Well, there you go. So, Either way, we will present our cases for Joey and Barney, and you guys can decide accordingly. Yes. There you go. All right. Well, it is way past the queen's bedtime now because, you know, two hour time difference. So thanks. Thanks for coming on. And this was a great show. And now we just have one more in the series and then on to bigger and better things, I'm sure. Yes. Like uh, Spaceballs and Beetlejuice and more episodes of the sip list and more you went over my helmet sorry (laughs) no more raspberry i hate raspberry (laughs) exactly and summer school's coming up as well yes and we've got a few more ideas that we've been kicking around as well for other movies so and casey's got a lot coming up with an evening at the movies so definitely check out that one as well. Um, yeah, some, summer school for sure coming up in a month or so. I'm excited. Baseball, Star Wars, Beetlejuice, Rocky Horror. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. So if you're not a part of the group, check out An Evening at the Movies on Facebook and join up and stay informed and enjoy yeah. the podcast. And you even get more witty banter back and forth between the queen and myself. Mm-hmm. So. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening and happy almost Friday. Although by the time you hear this, I'm sure it will not be almost Friday. Probably be happy. Get ready to go back to work. Yeah. Who who even knows? I'm getting my second COVID shot on Saturday. So y'all might not hear from me for a minute. We'll see. (laughs) I can guarantee you your co-host will hear from you. Okay. Well, either way. Thank you, Casey, and to all of my uh, fellow sippers and listeners, uh, when life gets tough, just keep sipping. Goodbye.